The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Welcome to the SB Nation NFL Show, the show where we are obsessed with the NFL. A reminder before we get started that this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL. That's SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. Once again, because I stuttered the first time, the code is SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Today is Monday, October 17th, 2022. We are going to recap most of week six in the NFL. It is a fascinating season that we are seeing week to week. And we have a lot to get to. You can, of course, listen to the SB Nation NFL show wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you subscribe, leave a rating, write a review. Those things make us very happy. If you want to join the live show, you certainly can. You can watch us on the SB Nation NFL Twitter page, Facebook page, or YouTube channel. When I say us, when I say we, who are we talking about? Well, we as in the earth. We are all here on the SB Nation NFL show together. But more specifically, my name is RJ Ochoa from SB Nation's blog and the boys home of the Dallas Cowboys, which means my tail is between my legs today on the ones and twos, as always, from the super annoying Bleeding Green Nation here at SB Nation. It is the fantastic Rachel Prevet and my co-host extraordinaire, the most handsome man on both sides, either side of the Mississippi. It is from SB Nation's Arrowhead Pride, home of the losers from the future AFC Championship game. It is Pete Sweeney, Pete boy. You and me are just a couple of losers. Good morning. How you doing? Well, it's a little colder here in Kansas City this morning. We woke up to a cold front, so we're in sub forty degrees. Had to had to go get a you know cup of coffee to warm up a little bit. Mm. What's wait? It's sub forty. Mm-hmm. Big wow. Woke up to thirty five degree weather this morning. So not only are we, are we feeling cold from what was a very disappointing Sunday here in Kansas City, but it it is freezing this morning as well. I tell you what, uh, it may have been a, a, a cold result, but the pictures on your Instagram story, man, this guy, you put a you put a camera in Pete Sweeney's mitts and, you know, you, nev- you never know what you're going to get. Off. That's right. Right. Yeah, we we I took a I took a video you saw of the I guess it was a like a helicopter fly over at Arrowhead as they were singing the, the national anthem and the home yeah. of the tree. The, the, the the empty stadium full of disappointment and then finally me waking up this morning 
uh, groggy-eyed and chilly because uh, it was cold. But yeah, the Instagram's popping. PG Swing, if you want to follow. Who doesn't love the uh, the you know sort of dystopian-looking mm -hmm. G E H A field? Um, <laughs> you know, so what, what's uh, the Steelers wow. called now? Acrylic Stadium. Um, something, yeah, um, I don't know, Tupperware sense. Stadium, yeah. something like that. Uh, it's the home of the champions, uh, as of yesterday, at least. But um, first thing we're going to get into, something we do every week, we spin the espionation roulette, all right? You know, we, we land somewhere on the table, we go to the land of the, you know, I said the land of the free, and the, uh, what is it, the land of the, I forgot what I said already. But we're going to, um, you know, Pete, let's just start spreading the news. The New York, all of a sudden, good once again at Football Giants are five and one thanks to a huge win, an impressive win. I did not think that the Packers win uh, was, you know, really a big old deal. And, and I, I know the other New York teams feel I'm proud of that. But 24 to 20, the final score for the G-Men. And joining us from SB Nation's Big Blue View is the one and only Ed, not Ed Christmas, not Ed Thanksgiving, not Ed President's Day. No, no, no. It is Ed Valentine. Ed, thank you so much for joining us here on the SB Nation NFL Show. <laughs> Hey, thanks for having me, guys. And, uh, you know, what world are we living in this morning? You know, it's rainy. It's miserable out here in, in upstate New York, in the New Jersey area as well. But, but it's a beautiful day for the New York football Giants. I mean, what world do we live in? The Giants are good. Um, and and, and I'm, still, I'm still digesting that myself. I think we live in a world where the Cleveland Guardians are going to um, beat them in game five. But that's a different subject. We don't have to, you know, touch on that if you don't want to. Um, this is Brian Dable's world. This is Daniel Jones's world. This is Saquon Barkley's world. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. You know, everything when you and I talked ahead of the Cowboys Giants game on Monday Night Football, it kind of felt like a, a little bit of a hollow two and O team at the time. You've heard the chatter, worst 3-1 team, worst 4-1 team. I did not think the Packers win was all too impressive because Green Bay just looks a little bit down on their luck. You really do hate to see it. But this Baltimore win, and again, Baltimore, they choke away games, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. This is a high-quality win. I feel like every week is the biggest win in, in Giants history over the last 10 years. Is it that kind of ride? I think it is. I, I wrote this sentence last night. I said, what has Brian Dable done to the new york football giants this is just it it's incredible it's improbable you look at this team has beaten both of the number one seeds in last year's playoffs tennessee and green bay now beaten baltimore they've come from behind to win i think it's four games so far this year you look at this roster and it's not it's not impressive. It, you know, it's not incredibly impressive, but what they're doing, I mean, they just play hard. And, and, and yesterday, the amazing thing was you watch that game and you think, okay, Baltimore's got a 20 to 10 lead. They've got the best running game on the planet. They've got Lamar Jackson. They're about to salt this game away. It's been a nice ride for the Giants, but they're done. And then all of a sudden, it's the Ravens making mistakes all over the place and, and, and Lamar Jackson throwing the ball around like he played for the high school JV. Yeah, it, it has been impressive. And, and I think sometimes when teams are coming back out of the woodwork, you need A, a game like the Packers, but then B, a confirmation game. And I, I think that's what this was for the Giants. I know that Saquon Barkley is looking like his old form but would you credit the the defense more for for being able to to turn things around for this five one start? 
I think you give the defense huge credit. You give Wink Martindale a lot of credit. And I think the more you look at it, there's probably more talent on that defense than we might have realized. But what Wink Martindale has done is he's taken this group and we all know what Martindale's reputation is. He blitzes. He's, he's ultra aggressive. He's in your face. And when you watch the New York giants play defense, they play every single snap like the game is on the line. Every single snap, they chase the ball with desperation. They hit people as hard as they can. And, you know, and it's it's a lot of fun to watch. I mean, I still can't – I'm still wrapping my head around how this team was is is five and one. But uh, but I'm I'm certainly enjoying the ride. Ed, 14 fourth quarter points. I mean, this isn't, you know, these aren't like 13 to six wins, you know, where you're running these, you know, these aren't just a bunch of Thursday night games. Um, and again, some of this was, was Lamar and, and that's, you know, a tough, tough day for Barber over at Baltimore beatdown. Um, I, I'm sure that brings Pete Sweeney a great deal of sadness oh, today of all days. Poor, poor, um, well, poor Kyle. <laughs> but um, again, I just, I, I'm I'm impressed, and I I, st- I keep thinking to myself like the bottom's going to come out, and I'm sure Giants fans keep thinking that to themselves, right? Like at some point the ride has to end, um, you know, kind of like we saw with Dallas on, on Sunday Night Football. Not to equate Daniel Jones to Cooper Rush or anything like that, but at some point, you know, the the the, the clock strikes midnight. Do you, do you think that that point is coming, or like, or have the expectations changed now? Because coming into the season, it was a matter of like, look, this is a rebuilding team. You know, you got to understand that patience, patience, patience. But now they're five and one. Like, you can't be five and one and not, you know, sort of at least halfway expect to be a playoff team. Well, at at some point, <laughs> at some point, this guy, this guy has to get some props right here. You know that that guy has to. That get would be some Daniel problems. Jones the, for the podcast that, audience that couldn't see. Uh, so yeah, Ed, that, Ed has that, a that be- Ed has a bobblehead of Daniel Jones, which uh, is incredible. Ed, I'm glad that you brought that into the camera view. <laughs> yeah the 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 most fun I ever had with that bobblehead actually was uh, last year when uh, when Jones got hurt, and I took a bunch of duct tape and I just taped it around his around his hamstring. <laughs> <laughs> and, and somehow people just love the uh, the the image that yes. I posted on Twitter of of Jones, but but you know at some point you've got to give Daniel Jones some props. I mean he's not putting up Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, you know type passing numbers, but what Daniel Jones is managing to do, and the Giants' offense as a whole is managing to do, is play winning football. Daniel Jones has thrown one interception so far this season in six games, and now you watch, I'll jinx him. But you know how many passes he's thrown in harm's way that by my count, in my memory, that were passes that should have been intercepted this year so far? That's the only one. The one that got intercepted in week one is the only ball he's put in harm's way the entire season. And he's taking care of the football. He's making big throws at critical times. He's running for, you know, huge yardage at critical times. He's not an all-pro quarterback, but he's doing what you ask your quarterback to do, which is play winning football and make plays when you have to have them. Now, I I think where I'm at is, so 
do you feel, and, and this is just a follow-up to, to what you're saying about Jones, do you feel in, in your view of watching these six games that Jones is solidifying his role? Because I, I don't know, from afar, I had always felt like eventually the Giants are going to want to upgrade that position. But Jones, and look, I'm not calling him as good as Eli, but he's he's got an Eli, Eli-like quality to him where maybe the numbers aren't always dazzling, but you can't argue with the success. So is in your opinion, is he solidifying his starting role for the foreseeable future? And I'm talking about 2023 and that foreseeable future. Pete, I think that the reality of it is that the more the Giants win, the more that he has to do with it. And I've put it this way. I said, when it comes to the Giants making that decision, what they need to see from Daniel Jones yeah is they need to see that he's a quarterback that they can win because of. And that's not necessarily about passing for 350 yards. That's about making the right decisions, making the big plays when they have to have them. And he's doing those things. And I think the more they win and the more he does those things, the more it becomes difficult for the Giants to get to the end of this season and say, yeah, he's not good enough. We're moving on. I mean, right. there's, there's a ceiling with Daniel Jones and it's certainly not a Patrick Mahomes ceiling. Sure. There is a ceiling, but the more I look at it, if, if this continues, the Giants are going to have a hard time not looking at Jones and at least trying to get him to take, you know, maybe a two-year contract to stick around while they build the rest of this roster. Um, last one for you, Ed. Um, and I think it's important to, to shed some light on Daniel Jones. Who is somebody that that is not getting really any attention? You know, maybe a little bit more unknown to the national level. Um, you know, I think some people are, are, you know, at least getting a little bit more hip to Daniel Jones. Saquon's gotten a lot of attention. The defense as a whole. Wandale Robinson kind of had a breakout moment. Who's, you know, who's the guy that, that just nobody's talking about that deserves a lot of credit? Could be a staffer. I mean, just, you know, who's the dude? <laughs> the dude is the six foot five, 340 something pound guy who wears number 97 and told me in the summer that his goal was to simply wreck football games. That's we're talking about Dexter Lawrence because that man is playing the best football of his career. To me, he's playing at an absolute all pro level. This is this is a guy 340 pounds yesterday and forget this forget the stats forget the the sack of Lamar Jackson the couple of passes he batted down tackles for loss all of that he took two snaps off yesterday he was off the field for two snaps that's a 340 pound man <laughs> That's, I mean, that yeah, was, that I mean, was, I, yeah. I, there's, there's really, there's really not much more I can say. Right. I mean, he's playing at an incredible level. You know, he's to me, he's playing at an all-pro level, and and he's never off the field. It's, it's insane. Hmm. Um. Well, Ed, the Giants are five and one. Congratulations. Very happy what for a, you. What uh, a world. <laughs> what I mean, a world. Uh, Yankees tonight or Guardians? Where are you going? You, you know I'm going you know I'm going Yankees but but you know as, as as happy as I am this morning I'm I'm well aware of the fact that that I might be the one crying in my coffee tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> that's well said that's the humility we love Ed Valentine from SB Nation's big blue view Ed thank you so much for joining us be well we'll talk to you soon see you thanks Ed
Uh, Pete Sweeney, um, the time has come. I, I'm sorry. Um, you know, Pat, he, um, he did not refuse to lose on, uh, <laughs> on Sunday afternoon. Look, there was a time where I, I would have foamed at the mouth at the opportunity to come here and speak to you after Patrick Mahomes threw a game-losing interception. Right. Very uncharacteristic thing for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the final score uh, against the Buffalo Bills, 24-20. to 20. But can I be honest about my you know 30,000-foot perspective on this? And you can just kind of go off. It, it kind of lacked juice. Like yeah. I would, we, I feel like th- this was not the like showdown that people were hyping it up to be. I know everybody's like, oh, Romo called. I'm sure you've read that. I know you were at the game, obviously, yeah. but like, you know, Romo called the score was going to be a defensive game. It was kind of boring. Like yeah. I, it did not live up to the hype in my mind. It was only a, a boring game because Josh Allen and, and Patrick Mahomes led off with long drives that ended in mistakes. Right. So the, right. the Bills fumble it and. And then the Patrick Mahomes forces it in the end zone to MVS, who, you know, is not the known for necessarily high pointing the ball between two defenders. So questionable decision there. And frankly, I the, the Chiefs, they were undermanned a little bit in, in this game. I don't I don't think that's necessarily an excuse because Josh Allen just frankly outplayed Mahomes. What stood out to me in what was a boring game, I, I said the same thing to a colleague in the press box. I was like, that was pretty lame for all the build that, that we had about this game. Um, but um, for for Allen to outplay Mahomes and for them to, to clearly, and, and maybe it's more of an internal thing, want this game as bad as they did, there was a, a difference between maybe how they acted after the, winning the regular season game last year versus this one. If you really watch the post-game pressers, like Von Miller's happy, but he's not too happy. Like Josh Allen is pleased, but he, he's not too pleased. And to me, being there before, in a sense, is big for these guys because this is a, a great win. I mean, they gutted it out. Neither team, I, I thought, played particularly well as a yeah. whole. Uh, and, and for them to get it, but then also realize, like, we need to do this again, whether it be in Buffalo or Kansas City, in the playoffs or it really won't even matter. Like no one is even really going to talk about this. I just think that awareness is growth for the the bills and the chiefs have some, some questions to, to look at themselves. They're missing starting cornerback in this game. They were missing a starting linebacker due to suspension. So that I think hurt, but the, the thing they weren't missing is they're starting tackles who have really, I think left some room for improvement to say the very least. And when you're playing these teams with elite pass rushers, like a, a Von Miller, they're capable of really wrecking the game. And so Mahomes didn't play particularly well, but this is not the first time this season we have seen him, in a sense, not comfortable. And in a way, like, it, that's a waste of Patrick Mahomes, right? Like, you, sh- you should be building a fortress on your offensive line. It, 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 it's tough to watch that old O-line, poor O-line play impacting him the way they are. And look, you, you got to give credit to the Bills and, and the game plan as well. I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses here, but that is kind of what went wrong for Kansas City. So as they get healthier and they get players back, we'll see how this goes. I, I think the grand takeaway is by winning this game in what I, I really feel is a two-elite team AFC, Buffalo is in the driver's seat. Team seat. NFL, you could argue. They're, they're basically they're basically two games up now because if they were to end in a tie, you know, the bills are five, one, the chiefs are four and two. If they were to end in a tie, they now own the tiebreaker. So the chiefs will need some things long, long season. But if the chiefs want to have home field again, they'll need some things to break their way. They they'll have to have a better record than the bills out right now. 
was it uh was it nine that was the the year it was 18 the year of uh fitzpatrick giving them the one seed right that was 2018 um it was you know the final actually it was actually the the two seed that was a big swing that's what it was but it it gave them the edge over new england it gave them the the, buy the the second there was still a second seed buy at the time and more talked about is that giving the chiefs the super bowl because they essentially got a playoff win out of that that win but that actually led to also tom brady's final game as a patriot in which they lost to the titans right in that game so yeah. Good call. Um, so first of all, Jay Spence, the king, um, great friend of the show, said, go Bills, Pete, um, in the chat. So <laughs> I sorry. Pete. So when I went out with uh, Jay Spence <laughs> earlier in the week, I had picked the Chiefs in like a slight defensive game. Then when there were these injuries and we realized McDuffie wasn't going to be back their first rounder, I, I changed my pick. I ended up picking the Bills in this game. So unfortunate. Unfortunately, I ended up being correct wow. about this pick. You and Steven Serta both picked the Bills. Um, so there wasn't, that's, I mean, look, I don't want to poke holes in, in what is a, a great Monday for Jay Spence, the King and Buffalo Bills fans everywhere. I, I do think Josh Allen played well, again, despite the, um, you know, initial kind of missteps. But the game was, th- this was why you went and got Von Miller, right? Like, I, I said this from a Cowboys perspective a billion times over the offseason. Like, do you think any Bills fan right now cares about the money that they gave Devon? No. no. You know what I mean? They're like, it was totally worth it. It, w- it was totally worth it. You went and won at Arrowhead. And while I do think that we made a lot about this game, like this was never going to, you know, undo the playoff loss last year. But to your point, the next playoff matchup, if it happens, is in Buffalo in all likelihood, right? Like Probably that was now, the important yeah. that that was the important thing that was secured by way of this win. Um, my big takeaways, and you know, I think you did a great job kind of encapsulating things on the Buffalo side of things. Stefan Diggs just is he we throw out the term best receiver in the NFL a lot. It might be him. I mean, like it, some weeks, a lot of weeks, it is him. It's it's him or Justin Jefferson. I, I think Cooper Cup is some of that's his quarterback, but like some of it, he's, yeah, the shine is not there anymore. It's Diggs or Justin Jefferson in my mind. Also, Devin Singletary. The Bills can get it done on the ground. I feel like that doesn't get talked about I enough. Don't, like it's just I w- the Josh Allen show. I got to a point in this game where I was watching it, and I, I was actually surprised the Bills went away from Singletary as much as they did because he was running through the Chiefs. And that, that's another concern in Kansas City. Of course, I know about the Chiefs better than any other team, but this is two weeks in a row where the running back is just running through the defense. And and like I said, I Singletary is a little bit underrated. He was playing well, and they kind of went away from him in the second half, which I was surprised about. 17 carries, 85 yards. Um, not a lot of you know work on the ground for Josh Allen, but I think that's okay. Uh, my other big takeaway, and you know, look, the Bills won, Chiefs lost. I know there's a lot of Chiefs fans who are pissed or whatever, but Juju, holy crap. Um, I mean, Welcome this back. was the, the, yeah, seriously. And like, again, Kelsey had 100 yards, whatever, but like the fact that, you know, it, it's, I know it feels like we're super late and we're already to the point is evidenced by, um, by your, um, sort of weather. Like it's starting to get colder, like football's starting to get a little bit more serious, but it's still really early. Like we're still, you know, just about to finish up week six. And so the fact that Juju, MVS are coming along, that's a really good sign, I think, for for the long term for this Chiefs offense. Because, it, it, I mean, what that was the first touchdown, right? The Juju one between the two of them this season. I mean, you know, yeah. that's this was, it, it was always going to take some time. This was this was Juju's best game as a Chief. And I, I still think there's some growing pains with just not having Tyreek Hill. Like you mentioned Stephon Diggs. The Chiefs used to have a Stephon Diggs on their team, and they don't anymore. We wouldn't say that Juju or, or Marquez is, is close to Diggs or Hill. And so you got to win a little bit differently, a little bit more methodical football. And you're starting to really see, I think, the supplemental production 
behind Travis Kelsey click. So, you know, there were some small wins, but uh, in this game, but I would tell you in Kansas City, nobody, nobody's really waking up too happy today. Mm. Um, tough cookies for the Chiefs, but kudos to the Buffalo Bills. They look yeah. like the best team in the NFL. Um, let's yeah, sandwich well, this well, game. Well, but, you know, Sunday night football and everything. But... Okay, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but before we do, let's sandwich this game um, with New York slices of bread. What's the best? What's the best deli in, in New York? That was a horrible New York yeah. accent. Holy I'm crap! Not, I grew up with a deli on the Hillside Avenue called M&M Deli in uh okay in, uh, uh well Florida. M&M Deli uh produced two great slices of New York bread yeah. because the New York Jets yep. are four and two mm. now I maintain I don't view the Packers as this kingmaker the Packers stink out loud but the Jets are amazing Brees Hall is amazing um yeah I mean what is there to say this was like Again, I don't I don't think that we should be like we should vault them into like, oh, they're a playoff team, whatever, blah, blah. This was a big moment for the Jets. And it was kind of like a look. This is a, a team in the NFL that's been very good for a very long time at home at a historic NFL place. They're down on their luck. So go beat them. Go take advantage of it. And the Jets did that. I mean, Robert Sala is uh, undefeated since telling us he's got receipts. I don't want to say that it's like easy to play offense in this day and age is NFL, but it's easy to play offense in this day and age is NFL. Like any team can look good any week. Uh, and so what what's difficult is to play good defense. And I think that's what makes these Jets and Giants runs legitimate right now is the defense is playing well. Because if you can play good defense in this day and age, you can be in any game against any team. And look at the Cowboys with Cooper Rush. Right. So the point. yeah, so Salah and his program I, I think is is really coming in to f- like fruition here. They held Green Bay to 278 yards uh, on 69 plays, which equates to four yards per play. And Sauce Gardner not only looks like the real deal, oh, but you know maybe one of the better cornerbacks, defensive backs in in football. And as Zach Wilson develops here, and Brees Hall, as you mentioned, is is a nice surprise, and Braxton Berrios is doing what he does. I don't know how bad of a loss this was for the Packers. And now I don't know how bad of a loss last week was because clearly they're in a rut, but I think the Giants and Jets are low key good teams, uh, uh, which is bananas. Let's put it, let's put it this, let's put it this way. I'm just going to, let's like, I'm going to throw out AFC division winners, Chiefs, Titans, we'll go Ravens, Bills. Okay. So those are four, right? Um, Playoff contenders outside of that Bengals, Chargers, could the Jets be that third team? I mean, because they're, you know, if, if it Absolutely. goes that chalk, Absolutely. You're, you're talking about the, the Colts, the Broncos, the Raiders, if they get it together, the Steelers have some life now. Um, you, I mean, the, like not, the Patriots have not, some life. You know, like, not in the, hey, the, look at the Eastern Division. They're not in, I mean, they're not in the same conference, but one of these New York teams, if not both, are, at least one of them is making the postseason. I, I don't know which, I which one is going to break through, and it's probably going to be, as you were saying, that seventh wild card in either the AFC, NFC, or both. Maybe, maybe it's the seventh seed New Yorkers that that you see on both sides of the conference. I think you just have to be so thrilled if you're a Jets fan. Um, and and the same kind of holds true for the Giants. These are and the Jets are a little bit further along into it. Obviously, year two and under Robert Sala. But like this is, you know, you're building with Zach Wilson. You have a young core, Sauce Gardner. But like the fact that you're getting these returns early on on Sauce, like, and I love Sauce wearing the cheese head thing. That was a big old story. Like I love it. I love like you know putting together a personality and, and building something together. Like it's just it's a lot of fun. And these these Jets now. 
next week at Denver. So, I mean, another dub. Five and two, the Jets are going to be. Um, after that, we really get to learn who they are. Over a four-week stretch, their buy is in there, but they get the Patriots twice and the Bills. That's where I'm really excited. That's a real like, okay, you know, we're, we're bought a little bit in, but show us who and, you truly are. Now. And, uh, you know, it's just the parallels are, are wildly there because it's been a decade of bad football in New York. But going back to the Giants really quickly, they have the Jaguars, Seahawks, and then their buy. So they could be looking at seven and one at their bye week. And so the come up of the week goes to just the state of New York football. Uh, the Buffalo Bills smashed up their arch nemesis in the Kansas City Chiefs. We talked about that. And the Giants and Jets are not only relevant again, they're very relevant again. So football is back in the Jersey area. I know a lot of Buffalo Bills fans will remind us of that. And then certainly in central New York. Uh, quickly, our thoughts on the Packers. They're three and three now. They get Washington next. So a nice bounce back opportunity. But you mentioned it. They're in a rut. Um, and while the Jets and Giants are a nice surprise, entering this season, they were tied for the most losses I'm gonna, since 2017. I'm going to surprise you here, RJ, but... Aaron Rodgers made some interesting comments after this loss as well. And he stared into the camera and he said, if we don't have the players, that's one thing. And that's another thing to talk about. But if we believe we have the players in here, maybe we need to simplify things on the offensive side of the football. And he credits LaFleur with doing a great job with the game planning, but, but continues to reiterate Maybe we need to to simplify things. This is clearly a, a guy that is not happy with the weapons that he has and does not want to take any of the blame for losing back-to-back to these Giants and Jets teams. I just, I mean, it's, it sucks so much to see the Packers struggling. Yeah, I really, I cannot wait for Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys to visit them um, in a few weeks' time. But um, let's move on. Speaking of the Dallas Cowboys, mm. uh, you mentioned it, fell. To the undefeated, still Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday Night Football, twenty six. Yeah, I got to come back home, and I I thought these boys were going to rally back, RJ, and they. Well, they did. They did rally. I mean, didn't didn't finish the whole but, um, the whole way. I mean, they got to be right, twenty seventeen. It was twenty to nothing at one point. Uh, got to twenty seventeen to your point, and then the Eagles put together a very impressive big boy show everybody who you are drive um, to effectively ice the game. Um, you know, again, Eagles six and zero undefeated on their bye have every reason in the world to feel great. You, you talk about you know just areas of the world that are areas of the country that are on fire. New York, the state is just like bumping the New Jersey area football, football, football. We'll see about the Yankees tonight. Philadelphia has the Phillies in the NLCS. Bring on the Padres, and now they got the Eagles undefeated. And and if you're a Philadelphia fan, you're thinking like this is wonderful. Now the Eagles are on a bye. I can I can take you know some energy and some focus away from that and just focus on the Phillies here. <laughs> it lines up really nicely. Um, I I'm not trying. Look, I understand that anything I say is going to come across as like hater, blah blah blah, salty this and that. The fact that they almost blew it is a little bit troubling. This is a team that's been the one knock on the Eagles is they haven't been able to play four full consistent quarters here. And the fact that, you know, you let Cooper rush, you know, mount a little bit of a comeback. What happens when it's Dak Prescott? And that's, that's where every Cowboys fan is today is saying like, okay, Dak, you got to get back. But yeah. the the context is this team is four and two with a very easy schedule laying in front of them. I mean, I, these are both playoff teams as far as I'm concerned. Does anyone, not to, to be that guy, RJ and be devil's advocate, man, but Man, does anyone have an easy schedule? We're going to go through some of these other games. It's like teams are getting beat by teams like that we thought would have no chance every single week this week. I, I don't 
and and I that's a good I point. Saw Amy, like I saw Amy, maybe the ease of it all. Like if everything's easy, then like nothing's easy. I saw Amy Trask right. say something on on Twitter this morning. Like one of the things that are that is always talked about at league meetings is just the idea of parity in the NFL. Like the NFL has been striving forever so that anyone can beat anyone on any given weekend. And mm-hmm. there, if if there's any year that is the definition of that, it's it's been 2022. So far, we we don't know what we know. I mean, let's say it again. We were we were here when Dak went down for six weeks, and and we said, well, the Cowboys season is over. They're four and two, and I think I know you mentioned the Cowboys were able to rally back. The the Cowboys have they, they got players on scholarship too. Cooper Rush has been pretty good. <laughs> Look at this guy playing. <laughs> Cooper Rush has been pretty good. CD Lamb has been pretty good. Cooper Rush also too. You know, you want to say something about. Pitts or Philly's defense giving it up. He, he's really taking care of the football. Three interceptions against this particular player has been impressive. I, well, I that's been the thing. Like that, their whole formula was distorted. They Philadelphia. You know, he turned the ball over. They fell. They fell down big. It just they're not with Cooper Rush. They're not built to overcome those types of deficits. When you think about that parity thing, and then you see what Philly's defense is able to do against everybody, and then you have Jalen Hurts, and you have a good running back tandem, and AJ Brown and Devonta Smith, like. I know that you're saying the Bills are the best team in the NFL right right now that Eagles are they are uh and then on the Cowboys side this this run by Rush was was fun it was it, it was kind of cutesy in a way you know you didn't know how legitimate it was but it I think in a way Oh I knew I knew how legitimate it was I think I think <laughs> I, I I knew I think in a way I think in a way and maybe this is more for the national audience the people who really follow the Cowboys as closely as you do Good for them to maybe lose this game because you very clearly there's no quarterback controversy in, in Dallas. Dak could have very much been a healthy Dak could have very much been the difference between a win and a loss in this game. And now you 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 replaced the quarterback with a rightful starter, and there's no no questions about that. And look again, we wrote the Cowboys off when Dak went down and Cooper rushed to the job, and now uh, it is a it is a battle. Uh, take away my WFT, but it's a three-team battle in the NFC East that I don't think is over yet. I mean, it's um, something I never envisioned, certainly. Um, I mean, like, I think, you know, on some level, I thought the Cowboys might be able to, you know, if Dak was able to be a hero, um, you know, again, before the season, kind of carry them over and over again. Um, The Eagles, obviously, everybody was really high on when the season started. The Giants were really the biggest surprise. I agree with you. Um, It was kind of nice to see all these Dak losers, like the people who hate him, um, sort of humbled a little bit, right? Like, oh, watch out, bro. How how can you mess with the winning formula? Blah, blah, blah. Um, I do think, you know, this is such a shame. That's part of the owner's problem. Really great Zeke Elliott Uh, game. We hadn't hadn't had a great Zeke game in a long time. Um, This was kind of like a vintage, almost nostalgic Zeke Elliott game. Uh, but it just again, you turn the ball over three times against a team this good. Like it's just it's not going to work. You know what I'm saying? Um, no. I will say um, again, I understand that I'm going to come across as salty or whatever, and I'm fine with that with regards to this take. And I will talk about this on the NFC's mixtape, um, which I have to pay up a bet on. But Nick Sirianni last year before Cowboys Eagles wore the beat Dallas shirt. All right. Then he comes out this week and is like, you know what? That was stupid of me. And I can respect that part of it. But there was this big old like video that the Eagles put out. And he was like, this is all for the media. Well, then why are you putting this video out? Like if it's all for the media, Nick. And yeah. Nick, after the game, after the game, runs down the tunnel and says, how about them Eagles? So my first thing is, Nick, I have no issue. Troll the Cowboys. Troll the Cowboys hard. But how? like saying how about them insert team that beat the Cowboys is the lamest joke of all time. Like, you know, it's, it's been done many different times. And it's like, Nick, if this really didn't mean anything to you, then why are you saying how about them Eagles? Like, it felt like Nick Sirianni waited until he had the win in hand to start talking crap. It's a little bit of a, a suspect move. 
in my mind. <laughs> I don't know. And he didn't wear the highlighter. I was so pissed. Maybe that's really, you know, he, he, he attacks me personally. And I'm, uh, yeah, I think, I think this was a, a great move. We skipped over and we should have mentioned sauce Gardner wore the cheese head as well on Sunday. I mentioned that. Oh, you did. I didn't even notice. Good job listening. No, I like, yeah, I like, to, I like to just think of my points as you're speaking. Okay. Uh, well, mm -hmm. I'm glad you did. And then, yeah, no, this is this is clearly the best team in football right now until they they lose or look worse, especially on defense. In it's interesting how I think the best team in football is the team that just beat your team, and you disagree with that assertion. And you think the best team in football is the team that just beat my team, and I disagree with that assertion. Well, so look, there's one team who has zero losses. Oil and water. Yet. There's one team who has zero losses, uh, and uh, that's the one that I'm picking. So, mm -hmm. All right. The Cincinnati Bengals Rachel, went down Rachel, to remember, remember that one. Uh, well, Rachel, remember that I've always loved the Ravens, but anyway, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals went down to the Bayou and escaped with a win. I thought this was amazing. Like this was an amazing thing that nobody really paid attention to. Andy Dalton started against the Bengals for the third year in a row, um, yeah. in, in his three seasons away from the Bengals, all with different teams. He beat the Bengals <laughs> with the Cowboys. He beat the Bengals with the bears. He did not beat the Bengals as a quarterback for the new Orleans saints. Great Alvin Kamara game. Uh, but the Bengals outlasted them 30 to 26, the final score. Jamar Chase finally woke up seven catches, 132 yards, two touchdowns. Welcome back. Joe Burrow had 300 yards, exactly three touchdowns um, through the air. Um, this was I was going to be worried if the Bengals had lost this game. I'm still a little bit worried, to be frank. But in, to your point in this, like everything is easy world. Like, I think the Bengals are going to be just fine. Um, I, this was a good win for them. This was a good reminder of who the, who the Bengals are and and. Again, I know it's the Andy Dalton Saints, and I get it, but it's a road game in a place that's not the easiest place to play in the world. And I thought that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, who have, who came in preseason as one of the best tandems in the NFL, have kind of been forgotten about. Why? Well, they're 3-3. Three and three. They have losses to the Ravens and Cowboys and Steelers. But back to that parity point, I would argue with you, like, that's a, they lost by, have, by, they've lost by a total of eight points in each game. Ravens two points and and aren't there like there isn't it they're like three their three losses all happen on the final play of the game yeah right at the Bengals yeah, Cow yeah. Cowboys three points uh Steelers three points so Ravens and the yeah and the Ravens two points the Ravens two points right so very easily they could be undefeated I know it's, I know it's insane to say that but the or they could be five and one or, or four and two and now because of what a, a record and, and starting slow. I mean, this, this is an, a team that was 0 2 that is now 3 and 3. If you are 0 2, you would really take 3 and 3, especially if you have Joe Burrow and, and Jamar Chase. And I think the AFC champions are on, um, or, or, or I should say wrongfully under the radar now. And I think you're going to start to see them emerge here back on the Bengal bandwagon. I think they're going to begin making some noise here. And, and this is the, the very beginning of, you know, what could be a, a, a win streak into the bye week because they have the Falcons. I don't know how they won yesterday, but they have the Falcons, the Cleveland Browns, and the Carolina Panthers. Those are three teams the Bengals are, are I know in my heart. I know in my heart they are better than. And so you give them four wins in a row leading into the bye, they would be seven and three, or I should say six and three heading into their bye week. And then all of a sudden, I think the Bengals are starting to be considered among, you know, that second tier of the AFC again. Um, it's funny, you know, because we like to your point, we could we could look at everybody's upcoming schedule just about and be like, well, you know, like it, yes. it just kind of is that sort of year. Um, now I say this: th this is how you know that I take this this job and this show seriously, Pete, because I say this full well knowing I'm potentially risking the MF double MVP. All right, I've soured a little bit on the Ravens. Oh. I, I mean, I'm like I wow. love Lamar, mm. and Lamar deserves to get paid, but man, that is. 
we didn't really touch on the Raven side of that Giants loss with Ed. I mean, like you got to wonder. I mean, like it, it's I, I don't think I, I used to think this was a lock. I, I would still take the Ravens to win the division. But, man, I, the gap is closer than I may have realized. Um, Lamar, and so Lamar had what, a what, very bad decision at the end of that game where there was a mishandled snap. And rather than either running out of bounds, which we know we can do, or eating it or throwing it away, right. threw it across his body trying to complete the reception. And there was a pick there. And that's that was the game. That was the game. We're so we're about to learn, like we're about to get a lot of AFC North because within the schedule. So the Ravens have the Browns this week. That's a noon game, whatever. But then the weeks after that, they are at Tampa on Thursday night football and then at New Orleans on Monday night football. But um, two weeks from now, the, the week that the Ravens are in Tampa for on Thursday night football um, later on. The, so they start the week. The Ravens do on Thursday night football. The Bengals are in Cleveland on Monday night football. And then again, the following week, the Ravens on Monday night football. So we're about to get like a under, under the microscope uh, microscope look at this division. Um, but Bengals definitely have a chance. So um, good for them. Are we ready to move on? Let's do it. Uh, well, we're giving all this love to the AFC North, but holy crap, the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers uh, get Kenny Pickett a win. Um, his first career win. He left the game with injury, obviously. Hope he's all right. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky came in in his stead. 20 to 18, the final score. Uh, kudos to the Steelers. They're now two and four on the year. I don't think anybody really cares. Um, you know, it was a fine performance, but just this was more about like Tampa sucking, right? Like this, this was more about like, what's going on bucks? Like, what are you doing? I actually really respect Todd Bowles for what he said after the game. Um, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it, but he said something like anybody who's like still living in, off the Super Bowl is living in fantasy land. I love that. He kind of called out the roster like that. Yeah. Like, Hey, you guys are not the big bad boys who won the Super Bowl two years ago. Right now you're a three and three squad that nobody's afraid of. Yeah. There were parts early in this game where they were, they had the goal to go and really it, they faltered in the red zone. One of four in the red zone. They were four of 14, uh, on third down. The offense looks completely broken. And there was a point in this, in this game where after Alex Highsmith forced a, a fumble and recovered by Pittsburgh, you could see Brady on the sideline just screaming curses at his offensive line. And he was asked about it after the game. He said there was nothing that was not challenging to our offense. We have to do a lot better than we did today. Obviously, there's no position that's performing at an elite level right now. And, and this just goes to show uh, in the sense of unless a quarterback is protected, they cannot perform at a high level and Brady does not feel comfortable back there and he shouldn't. And I don't know if there's a solution that the Tampa Bay uh, can, can have right now. And I don't care what is going on with your teams. This, this is not Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. This is Tom Brady versus Kenny Pickett slash Mitch Trubisky. There should be no way, even at Brady in his mid forties should, should there should be a way to lose this game. You can't lose this game. And I wonder if this is a sign of things to come for the the three and three Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the sense of maybe they won't make the postseason. And after winning this, who's, who's winning that division? Like, again, I'm sorry not to give love to the Steelers, but like, yeah, like are the can we say with confidence? The, I know you said that the Bengals have been in the Falcons, but like, can we say with confidence the Falcons are done? Can we say with confidence no, the Saints not, are not done? After, can we say they're out of this? The, I mean, not after you can't say that either of them are done slash out of it. I think after yesterday, just because you you win that particular division, you start to wonder what what the record might be. You just went through this a couple of years right. ago. Like you're probably going to be close to around 
500. So, well, well, so ta- when we, that's do, we do the upcoming schedule game a lot. Yeah. Tampa's at Carolina next week. Okay, cool. But after that, Baltimore on Thursday night mentioned that the Rams, the Seahawks. I mean, you know, those aren't like super intimidating, but they're a lot more interesting well, the than Geno's, some other teams. The Seahawks are, are better than the mid, the Kenny Pickett Steelers right now, wouldn't you say? So, right. Well, and even the Rams, like, you know, I, I don't think the Rams are good, but the Rams have Cooper Cup. The Rams, you know what I mean? The right. Rams have a thing that can happen and can change the game. And I just like, I mean, Everything feels so painful with this Bucks offense. Yeah. You know, it, it feels so like difficult. It, I mean, I and I know people are, are taking all sorts or have all sorts of thoughts and comments on Tom Brady's personal life. I don't know about any of that, but man, like the football of this, like I kind of get why he retired. If if he took an assessment at this and was like, hey, you know, this isn't great or whatever, I just don't know. Ret- it's very awkward. Very cool. retired slash tried to force his way to Miami. <laughs> right, <laughs> In a weird way. Um, any thoughts on the Steelers before we move on? No, no. They're they're fine, <laughs> right? Like, what do you want me to well, say? We'll see. We'll see what happens with Kenny Pickett. Um, but I I do not think I'm sure there's a lot of like our, our friends are behind the steel curtain. I'm sure like into this. I do, in no way I'm like, oh, Mike Tomlin's gonna get above 500. No, like you you know you caught the bucks. Good for you, but you know whatever. they had uh, um, they had uh, eight different rushers yesterday. Good for them. Um, the Indianapolis Colts found a way. They found a way against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The, I the three, I, two, and Scott one Hint, Colts are suddenly spicy. They are not spicy in any way, shape, three, or form. Three, two, and one. They're about as uh, they're about as spicy yeah. as a scoop of vanilla ice they're cream. They're about five hundred. Um, you got to admit that. So, uh, and next week play the Titans. You know, <laughs> so like you know they could uh, massively swing things in their favor. Now watching NFL Red Zone is so much fun, um, but it's chaotic. And Scott Hansen said something. I don't. Again, it just kind of caught me off guard. I believe the Jaguars have now lost 18 straight road divisional games. That is absurd. Like, how can that possibly happen? Um, I, don't know. I mean, it's it's wild, but they lost this one. Um, uh, 34 to 27, the final score. You mentioned it. The Colts are now winners of two in a row, thanks to their Thursday night win against the Broncos that feels like a hundred years ago right now. Matt Ryan threw the ball 58 times. Um gotta love it. Goodness gracious. 389 yards, three touchdowns. Michael Pittman, 134 yards. Um, Travis, Trevor Lawrence, 20 of 22 for 165 yards and a touchdown. Stats loves to talk about this. He loves to say, oh, why don't we ever bag on Trevor Lawrence? It's time. Like, dude, dude this is not happening. Like, I'm just like. He doesn't look good. And you, I think the questions are are right right to happen. Um, on, but on the other side, I mean, you had two-third down. You know, Matt Ryan is down. His team is down. Jags could have won this game. It all feels so empty to me, like I mean, on the Colts side. Like I just Matt Ryan makes a third and ten throw. He makes a third and thirteen throw to Pierce for the win. The Jags almost squeaked this one out, but you know, Matt, you, you can't deny Matt Ryan and these mighty Colts. They, uh, they. Do you really believe that? Like, do you really believe they've turned a corner? <laughs> no, no, of course not. But I, I look, they they beat the Chiefs. So who am I? Who am I to deny Indianapolis? That's the one thing they have in common with the Buffalo Bills. Yes. Um, I mean, good for them. But seriously, dude, the Jaguars stink. Like, they stink out loud. I, I think, you know, the Jaguars are forever the team that we're trying to make cool. Oh, like, blah, blah. Like, no, it's just not going to happen. Trevor Lawrence ain't it. Doug Peterson ain't it so far. Jacksonville I mean, fetch. That's, that, that'd be a more proper name for them. Maybe. Um, but like, what do they do right now that you think is impressive? Like, you know, like this is you can't lose this game. You can't lose to the fraud Colts. You can't. I mean, I'm out. I'm out in the Jag. I was never in to be fair. I don't have but, a lot to yeah. say about the Jacks Jacksonville Jaguars, but I, I 
I think you're right about Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he he only had two incompletions on the day. Um, I know that, but so sorry, not to so maybe not to interrupt coaching, you, but like coaching situation, you know, you look at that draft class and it's like, okay, I mean, yeah, he doesn't look great, but like Trey Lance is hurt. Does Zach Wilson look great? You know, <laughs> like you know, like right now, does it look like there's a a clear miss? Like they misevaluated it? You know what I mean? It's yeah, whatever. Um, are you ready to move on? Sure. Are you sure? Are you positive? Yeah. All right. You took a shot at them. The Atlanta Falcons, peace up, A-Town, defeated the San Francisco 49ers 28-14. to uh, They built a 14 to nothing lead that San Francisco stormed the back poor, from uh, and tied. The Braves. And then scored 14 more unanswered points. Yeah, rough weekend for Atlanta fans with the Braves getting Yikes. eliminated, but the Falcons bounced back. Um, both of these teams, now 3-3, three and three, the Niners had like 1,000 injuries. Um, so you do have to include that. But Marcus Mariota, really efficient day. 13 of 14, 129 yards, two touchdowns uh, through the air. Um, did have one on the ground as well. The Falcons just kind of like a ground team. This is like what Arthur <laughs> Smith was supposed to I, be able to do. Um, I like that we're seeing these teams have success when they're they're more run-based. I just mentioned about how many rushers Pittsburgh had. In yeah, it's like win. the NFL is like going back in time. And right? the Giants are really more of a run-based team. They won. Falcons, very clearly, throwing the ball 14 times, only one incompletion for Mariota. Mariota, we know, likes to run on the ground. He went six for 50. So there's a, a means to winning, and it, it doesn't necessarily have to be those high-powered passing offenses. You you mentioned the injuries, right? But that being said, if we had gone into this game and said, well, the Falcons are going to score 28, I think you still feel pretty good about the San Francisco 49ers having a chance to win. Their offense couldn't get it done. And and that, you know, that goes back to the limitations of Jimmy G and and why they, they want to move forward and, and simply can't because of the Trey Lance injury. So if you look at teams in the NFL and we were if we just like said we had a, a contender box, right? And we put like all, the only the teams who we think are contenders into the box, we would put the 49ers in there, right? Um yes. I think of I think of all the teams that are in that box, they have the worst losses, like easily. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm sure that's maddening if you're a Niners fan. But do, do you know who their three losses are against? The the, the Falcons are one are are one of them. <laughs> that's correct. Uh, good for you. The Broncos are one of them, and the Bears. Those are their three losses. Uh, the Bears, the Broncos. Bears. I mean, the, the Falcons are. A, a significant cut above the others but you know th that's tough dude i mean that's a tough scene if you're a niners fan it, it can't feel good and and we haven't gotten them yet and i want to go to the rams next but i, I do want to have a discussion with you after we talk about the rams game the final four teams bucks rams 49ers and packers everybody is three and three to this stage which is kind of surprising. i saw um well, last thing here, Kyle Pitts caught a touchdown, so that was awesome. Yeah. But um, we can go to we can go to the Rams uh, next. Um, that was not the order that we had listed out, but you know, we're, where's we're the order? Calling Wait, is there an order somewhere? You know, uh, Rachel and I talk about this a lot. We have a Google Doc. Oh, that yeah. she and I use um, that you have access <laughs> That's to. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> um, so Good you know, to know. Uh, Good could, to know. we can do that. But I saw a note in Peter King's Football Morning in America. Okay. Uh, of the non-NFC East divisions, so the NFC North, South, and West, the Minnesota Vikings who are five and one, we'll get to them in a little bit, are the only team above 500. Wow. That's wild that, when, when you really think about it. Um, but you mentioned the LA Rams, 24 to 10, the final score defeating the Matt rule list, Carolina Panthers. Um, this felt like either the Panthers uh, identified that Christian McCaffrey was their only good player, or they had to show Christian McCaffrey off. There's all the like, Ooh, is he going to be traded multiple first round picks? Blah, 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 blah. Um, 
you know, I think the Panthers made it plucky, but their only touchdown was a defensive one, uh, a rough interception from Matthew Stafford. I don't know that the Rams are back by any means, but I don't know if this is what you want to talk about. The big story was Robbie Anderson being thrown out of the game by his coaching staff. I mean, it was 10-7 Panthers at half. It's not like they didn't have a shot. When the team is winning at half, they could win the game, right? Like that, that two halves make a, make a football game. Robbie Anderson was yelling at the wide receivers coach. Wide receivers coach was yelling back. Wilkes threw Anderson out of the game. Uh, which we have not seen since Antonio Brown took his shirt off and and ran off. The- Although that was that wasn't more getting thrown out as much as him like leaving. You know what I mean? There was a <laughs> l- little bit more like uh, mutual interest there than than this. Well, in a way, they were telling him to go in, and he said no. So anyway, he he ran off, and that was the end of his career. But um, yeah, no, this is this is clearly a, a broken team, and and you could see players are disgruntled. This is why they ended up firing their head coach. Uh, it does seem that Robbie Anderson is going to be expendable. I don't know what you're going to get back for Robbie Anderson. I, I fully expect he's going to be traded at this point. Uh, and then Christian McCaffrey, it's a it's a huge question because I mean, he is a dynamic player. And, you know, I think a lot of times when we talk about these trades, we we wonder how much of an impact a, a player can have on the team. And and I think sometimes that, that's right. Like more times than not, you're right. Like, oh, we're going to inject this guy. It's going to work. And 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 then it doesn't end up working out. However, last year we saw a skill player basically propel a team to a Super Bowl championship and Odell Beckham Jr. He's out there as well. We'll see where he goes. Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I can tell you the trade for Amari Cooper midseason for the Cowboys, yes. you know, changed their fortunes. I mean, it's it can totally happen. I mean, to your point, he had 20 touches for over 150 total yards. McCaffrey and where he goes, especially at, this is, the, this, if is he this is now that, yeah, if they trade him. This is now the theme of our show, but given all the parody, man, this is going to be a huge, huge boost uh, for, for wherever he goes. And there are going to be quite a few fantasy players not happy with their running back replaced all of a sudden. Uh, and so th- there's some intrigue there as well. But uh, as far as the, the Rams side goes, um, no, this doesn't mean they're back. It, it means they're sludging through some serious problems and beat a bad team, which is what good teams do as they're slumping. They're able to win. And I, I think that's what this was for the Rams. So we'll see what happens with Robbie Anderson. But there was also leading into this game over the week as the weekend began that weird Cam Akers story. Like all of a sudden, yeah. you know what I mean? Just like not a part of things for the Rams. And like, well, they, they think his you know his career with the team is over. They, they're working really hard to trade him. Like, what's going on? Like, I mean, like that that is a, a question mark that is still yet to be answered um, as week six uh, concludes. Um, but I guess good for the Rams. I guess they're still in this. And the NFC West, you talk about like divisions that have really fallen off, right? Like we're, we're sitting here like, oh, the AFC West, everybody t- hyped up, which is true. And it has fallen short of expectation. But it wasn't that long ago that people were like, man, the NFC West is tough. No, this this division kind of stinks. Um, but OK, let's uh, let's move to the aforementioned Minnesota Vikings five and one on the season their lone loss to the last undefeated team in the nfl in the philadelphia eagles uh but their latest victory a 24 to 16 win over the miami dolphins all the way down in south beach home of the big butt my man pete tweeney knows what i'm talking about uh kirk cousins 20 of 30 175 yards two touchdowns justin jefferson a c note once again dalvin cook 77 yards on the ground and a touchdown uh big story in this game pete tweeney um Skylar Thompson left the game with a thumb injury so Teddy Bridgewater who was not healthy enough to start was healthy enough to be active um had to come into the game wound up throwing the ball 34 times uh did throw two touchdowns two interceptions it was a weird week we didn't touch on this in the Bills Chiefs game but Jordan Poyer wasn't medically cleared to fly but was medically cleared to play a game of football um so 
that was strange and also strange how again teddy wasn't good enough to or fine enough to start but could totally come in the game and throw 34 passes the dolphins are in a very weird spot right now right and and jalen waddle who has been an emerging player for a while a while now had a few drops in this game and and i think that could be a concern because you don't want a player that is that important to that team getting the yips he still managed six catches for 129 yards so i i think that is, is worth mentioning uh you need a you need your starting quarterback we, we're not really sure right now what the situation is with tua i like teddy bridgewater a lot but i i think this team looked the best when tua was healthy of course i know that everyone is just concerned that they're going to insert him too early again but uh, i think they're being extra careful what you know at this stage i think the bigger story right now as we had discussed sort of leading in is just how well the Vikings are, are playing and it's kind of quietly because I think of what the Eagles are doing but the the Vikings are this we believed we always we believed the Vikings are this complete team and they certainly have a a championship offense and you know I look at the the defense in this game and you know what they were were able to do and 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 holding what is a really explosive football team now with Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle um and so I think as long as Kirk Cousins is playing, he doesn't need to play spectacular. Just take care of the football. Don't make stupid passes and play well enough and get it into the hands of your skill players. And look what can happen. You can go five and one. And so, I, you know, they just got to almost keep that status quo in a sense when it comes to quarterback play. And I, I think this team can make some noise. You and I, again, both on record believing in them. Are you ready to like firmly say they're winning the, the NFC North? Like, are you ready to bury the Packers? Yeah. That was so good. Oh my gosh. Um, we head now um to Seattle where the 12s were out in full force. This game this game was not delayed. There was thought that it would have been the Mariners been able uh to win game three of the ALDS, despite the fact that that game went to 18 innings. Um, the Houston Astros, my Houston Astros won. Uh, so this game kicked off at uh normal time, 19 to 9, the final win. Geno Smith is playing very well. This was not the like light up the scoreboard performance from him that we've seen, you know, at different points this season, but it was efficient. It was enough to win. It's a divisional win. You never sat about them. A win is a win is a win. We talk about that a lot. Um, dude, the Cardinals stink. Like they <laughs> are one of the worst teams with a very talented quarterback that I have ever seen. Like th we, th it's amazing how they're finding ways to break this. I think one of the conversation points that always begins at the beginning of the season slash preseason, because we need things to talk about uh, on these shows is, you know, which coaches are, are, are on the hot seat. And we didn't really put Kingsbury there as much. We were cons well, cause he got the extension. Got, that was, no, that was why, that, you know, that's, that's what I mean. Yeah. He got that extension and maybe a coach that would have been on the hot seat. You removed uh, at that point, just because owners don't like to waste money. I, I understand they have a lot of it, but they just don't want to just burn their money and they gave him a you know pretty nice extension and so we had assumed that that he would be safe in this but they have looked so bad that you're beginning if you've noticed on twitter this morning or you see some of those conversations about whether cliff makes it through this year and i i think that's real because there's there's more than 32 people humans capable of being a head coach in the nfl there are not 32 quarterbacks, and I, as as poor as Kyler Murray has looked at, at times this year, I believe he's one of those individuals. They ain't firing right. the quarterback, and so I, mean, I think Cliff's 
gig has now come into focus. And I, I have to believe that's rightfully so. A um, couple of things. Um, one, I agree with you. Two, you know, people said the Vikings wouldn't fire Mike Zimmer because of his extension. They wound up doing that, obviously. So, you know, it's not super, it's not impossible for that to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, like, Kyler has his flaws. Like, I'm not trying to sit here and tell you he's a top five quarterback, but like, there is a lot of talent there, you know, and, and it just, if you're not getting everything out of it, like we talk about extensions, he got a deal, you know what I mean? He's the most important person in that building right now. And I mean, man, this last year's in, I know the NFL is always trying to give us more and more and more content. The in-season hard knocks last year stunk with the Colts. It is not going to be great with this Cardinals team. And, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is coming back this week. Okay, cool. Like that's supposed to save them. I just, I, I really, I don't get it. Um, my last thing, I saw the Seahawks. I know you're not going to like this take. Um, they tweeted out a meme afterwards after they won, and it was the Cliff sitting in his house during the draft thing. Yeah. Um, uh, like, let's move on. Like, that that joke has been made a thousand times. You know what I mean? Like, that that was the 2020 NFL draft. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Let's. All right. So, let, like, here's, you know, here's you know my what I'm saying? Like, let's, I'm, I'm just asking I, people to be more creative. Like, I, you don't have to make the same jokes forever. I think, I think that I half agree with you. I think the joke is a little overplayed. However, I like, because it's, you know, let's just pull the curtain back a little bit. Not every, t- you did it once, but you did it a long not, time not, ago. You did it over a not year. Not every team lets their social team cook. Uh, and I know that from experience. So I think it's fun that, that they have allowed them to have some fun with it. And I, I would love to see more teams just getting Have free fun. reign to make By fun of means. each other a little bit more. And be, yeah, I don't be love feisty, make fun. But I'll agree. With I'm you. all for that. The joke is overplayed, but that's all I'm I saying. Like, like Seattle, there are, there are, there are million understanding like, and I think, the benefits of I marketing. The, I think with the your Call of Duty guy. stuff is overplayed even, but like that is far more recent than the Cliff sitting in his house thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of like, come on people. You know, let's, let's just expect better, demand better. Um, the New England Patriots, 38 to 15, the final score as they took care of the Cleveland Browns. Bailey Zappi, 24 of 34, 309 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Hunter Henry caught one of them. Uh, Tyquan Thornton, the other. Ramondre Stevenson handled a strong workload very, very, very well. This was about the worst that the Browns have looked. Monday, um, so Thursday, as, as Zappi days. Saturday, uh. Sunday, Zappi days. Monday, Yo. Thursday, Zappi days. Saturday, Saturday. Okay, first of all, you messed up. It's you messed up the Thursday Friday line. Well, uh, um, they don't play football on Friday, and then it's waiting all week for you. I mean, do you think? Do you know what? The, I actually have asked people this before. Do you know what the next line is? So they go waiting all week for you. These days you know are the There's happy. And then the next line. I don't know the next one. Yeah, I don't either. It's one of those <laughs> things. Like um, this is I thought you were very, gonna very quick. I thought you were gonna present very quick. No, my argument is nobody knows that. Line. Okay. Like, because everybody kind of trails off there. Similarly to like, sure. Um, okay. You'll always be a part of me. I'm part of you indefinitely. Boy, don't you know you can't escape me. Ooh, darling, because you'll always be my baby. And we'll linger on. Okay. What's the next line? I don't know. Nobody does. Nobody, no, knows. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody knows. Nobody knows what comes next after we'll, uh, we'll linger on. Um, <laughs> the Patriots want <laughs> three and three. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. I mean. Another feeling good. Another Brownzell. Yeah, the, pa- the yeah, Patriots I mean, find a way, man. It's it's impressive. I mean, each and every year they're 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 finding a way. There was a a moment in this game. Did you see where the rookie special teamer? Well, so his name, what happened? His name is was escaping Bill, 
Bill Belichick tied George Hallis for the second most wins by an NFL coach. Right. Very cool. 324 wins, obviously. Okay. Um, and his rookie tried to hand him the game ball as this like congrats sort of thing. I think people are like poking at him. That's kind of cool. Like, <laughs> like think that's really that's really sweet well, and nice of him. That, why is that? Why are you making fun of it? Kind of like a college thing that you see college players do, and the, the coach gets um, it. And, I'm all right with it. But the, the the story is not him doing it. If it, Bill just takes the ball and says thank you, no one's talking about it. Thing the thing is, Bill just looked at him like he was insane, and for ever even thinking about it, and, he, and the player had to be pushed away <laughs> to to get away from Bill at, at the moment. Um, yeah, look, the 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 Cleveland Browns, they're trying to tread water similar to the way your Cowboys have done. They just need to do it for a lot longer. And this was a, another loss uh, to to prevent them from doing that, which I don't think all of us are are too upset about. And then the Patriots, you know, as they're, you know, buying time for Mac Jones to get healthy again. This was a nice performance by Zappi, who has come out of the, the woodwork a, a little bit. And Ramondre Stevenson looks explosive and you know i think that's that's a good thing i don't think the patriots with mac jones are ever going to win in in dazzling fashion but they're playing their game and they're they're able to get it done um tonight chargers broncos who you got why well i just i'm picking the chargers because i cannot pick the broncos they just look horrible every week and so you could name about just about any team maybe not name the carolina Panthers, and I don't know if there's another one. Maybe the Houston Texans, who, by the way, this morning pick... fired Jack Easterby. Um, they did, and they're on by, so we didn't really get to them. But you know, significant change. Maybe the Texans, but that's it. So there's 29 teams that I would pick against the Broncos, and the Chargers are one of them. That's why I'm picking them. This is the fourth game of the season for the Denver Broncos in prime time. This is their sixth game overall. Um, on a human level. I feel badly for Russell Wilson, presuming this goes the way we think it's going to go, because this is just like and like in the world we live in where it's like kind of like so, so offensive football, like these primetime games have turned into like, all right, everybody line up and take your shots, bagging and dunking on the quarterback. Right. That sucks. Um, Happened last week with Carson Wentz and Justin Fields. And obviously just like Justin Herbert being great or being very good in all likelihood is only going to exacerbate the issue. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to be a tough scene. Um, it, It really is. I'll take the Chargers and I feel very, very good about it. Um, all right. Are you ready, Pete? Sure. The time has come. All right. Rachelle Prevet, the wonderful, infallible, perfect in every conceivable way, Rachelle Prevet, uh, will now join us and give us her biggest takeaway from the NFL on Sunday afternoon, and then tell us what we said that was cool or stupid, and then award the MFW MVP. Rachelle, the floor is yours. I have two of my takeaways. You guys already touched on both of these games, of course. Um, the Jets game. I thought that that was, you know, good for them. Like the fact that they were able to upset the Packers. Um, I think that it was crazy how, even though their quarterback didn't really get to do too much, like leaning on the run game definitely helped benefit. They benefited from that, like their defense, they benefited from that and their special teams. So the Jets, like that was an exciting win for them. And also the Falcons defense. I thought that that was pretty impressive. Um, They forced three, three and outs. They scored a touchdown on a fumble recovery and they uh, had a lot of pressure on Jimmy G and like forced interceptions. So good for them for that. And then my points were RJ. I can't even be mad at you on your Ravens point because I'm, you know, very frustrated with I'm them sorry, right Rachel. now. So I'm you know, you know, it hurt it, me. I just, it, it, we got to be honest with the people we left. That's where, where we're at. Yeah. 
Yeah. It really hurts, but you know, it is what it is. All I can do, you know, at least the Eagles are winning. That gives me some to be happy. Yeah, the birds. Ravens yeah. are disappointing me. Yeah, the Ravens are disappointing me right now. Um, RJ also liked your point on the 49ers having like the worst losses. I thought that was a really good point. Um, Pete, I loved your point. You talked about the Jets, their defense, and how like that makes them a difference maker. You also touched on how um what did I say? You can't rule out the Falcons yet, which I thought was Pete a really hated good point. on the Falcons. I said you can't rule out I the love Falcons. the Falcons. No, she, she's right, she's right. I love them. I love them. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and then you also made a point about like the uh run That's heavy right. teams, which yes. was solid. And your sound effects oh, were on yeah. point today. The, so I the, the skull Viking horn. Wait, did you did you give him the award? Please say no. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Of course. Pete. Oh. <laughs> uh, not that I'm counting. <laughs> yes, Pete gets it today. For what? For making a horn noise? That's it? Yeah, well, the sound of, the sound effects, they you know, they matter. Sound effects matter. They were the icing on the cake. He has some sound, really sound good effects are features too. <laughs> wow. Um wow. <laughs> Yeah, I went back and so I win a, I win this thing about ninety five percent of the time, uh, which is I think rather impressive when I am on the show. Rachel does tend to skew guests if they go for the whole show. We know that we know that that's yeah. a, a you know yeah. shiny new toy type deal. But look at Pete calling you out, Rachel. I would never. <laughs> all right, I, I would never do. That. But uh, I I'm happy to you know thank thank you to Rachel, thank you to my parents as always. Um, yeah, so it just feels good. I think I might go to wow. Lamar Donuts in Kansas City to celebrate, get myself a celebratory donut. Um, okay. As we leave, Rachelle, I would like you to tell us your favorite donut flavor. And I would like you to pick the sound. It cannot be an animal that Pete has to make before we leave. It can be any sound in the world, but it cannot be an animal noise. Go ahead. Favorite donut. I love uh Dunkin' Donut, the vanilla uh frosting with the uh, sprinkles. Okay. Colorful my... sprinkles, right? The Ooh. the rainbow. Yes. That's okay. A good pick. Yes. Yeah, good pick. Yes. My favorite donuts. And a sound effect, you have to do a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast audience missed the hands. That was so good. <laughs>